Berkshire Football Stories podcast is sponsored by the Curious Academy, a skills hub running a sales academy, digital skills bootcamp and data analytics training in Reading. The Curious Academy is all about you and creating positive outcomes, whether that is finding a career, starting a business or just walking away feeling much more confident about life. Their programs are designed for people who have lost their way a bit and are looking to change their futures, maybe rebuild their confidence or be pushed slightly out of their comfort zone in a safe and friendly environment. Group sizes are small to ensure everyone has an opportunity to get involved. The Curious Academy delivers inspirational and fun programs designed to help people wanting to improve their skills, whatever their background. You can find out more at www.thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by Ticket Pass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Hi everybody, Tom here. I am with Mark Cooper, who is the Windsor and Eaton co-owner and chairman of the senior section of the club. Um, Mark, uh, we've been talking about this one for a little while. How are you? Um, how's it all going? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Tom, and, and thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, it's there's a lot to do. We're, we're getting through things as quickly as we can, but a bit behind the curve in regards to timing, but we're, we're catching up and we, we're getting... Uh, we're getting where we need to be, I think. Um, we're, we're kind of just going to do this as sort of a bit of a bit of a quick fire because there's a lot of questions that, that I've had that other people have said. Can you ask these as well? Um, so I, I guess the, the start kind of right at the beginning. When did you when did you start decide to start this new club? I know you had had talks with with Kevin at Windsor about that, and those he'd obviously chosen to go in a different direction. So so when did you kind of think? What was the catalyst for you going right? We're going to go and we're going to go and do a club. I guess it started quite early, Tom. When the when the Windsor job came up in the summer of two thousand and nineteen. I wasn't really looking to get back into football at that at that time. You know, life was 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 going on, and I've been out of it for a little while. Uh, but when the job job came up, it, it and, and Mick um, stepped aside from it at that time. He'd been there an awful long time, so really the opportunity hadn't come up until then. And it wasn't something I thought about. But I think when you play for a, a club, and I played for Windsor for the last three years of of my career and I just fell in love with the place I fell in love with Stag Meadow we had a wonderful time at that uh, playing for Windsor and Eaton at that time this club was successful great group of lads so it was probably two things probably one I wasn't going to get offered another job locally at a higher level than that and two it's probably the only job around that level that I would be interested in because of my history with, with the football club so I had great memories of it, and then when I when I stepped back, when I stepped into the role in, in sort of 2000, September 19, it quickly became apparent that whilst it has all the ingredients of being a, a great football club, there was wasn't the resources and there wasn't the ability to really make it great again. And 
it was probably quite early on that I, I had visions of doing something in a different direction where we can make it everything that the community wanted to be. And I think after that, got in talks with Kevin um, in regards to acquiring the club and he, uh, he, he didn't go to, want to go down that direction. So that's what, sort of where it started from. And obviously, obviously, getting the getting the lease. I think we'll we'll, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about this in in a, in a moment. But kind of getting the lease was really the the main was that was that kind of the main aim. That was the thing that would make this work. Yeah, I think I think obviously the the the, the main. If you talk to supporters of of, of, the, of the club, they've always wanted security of a long term lease. That's been the main focus for them. So, of course, that's absolutely crucial to everything that we want to do at the club and I think being able to secure that is being able to really have a long-term vision that we're excited about. Um, talking of talking about supporters, how, how important was it having them on on side with you? I mean, did, did that does that help you? Does that make this decision to do this easier? They obviously have come out um, the, the supporters that I'm familiar with, the supporters group that they've got, that came out in in, in big support of of your possible ownership of the club as it, uh, of the Windsor original, not the not the original Windsor club, but that club. Um, and obviously that that deal didn't go through. So so there was there was kind of an outpouring of support for you. Did that make this a simple idea to to kind of get off the ground? Really? Yeah, of course. Supporters are, are such a huge part of it, and if you think about the journey that the supporters have been on in regards to the, into the history of the club, you've got, they followed the club as Windsor and Eaton and they had a really, really successful time doing that. And then that, the history there, you've only got to follow Michael Giggs, Windsor and Eaton, old, yeah. old Twitter, uh, to, to understand that Arsenal in pre-season friendlies, Red Star, Belgrade, huge European club came, came to Windsor the cut runs, the league wins, the great players that were there over a huge number of years, 100 years old, the club. And then, of course, that gets ended in 2011 out of the blue. A new club starts up, hasn't worked out. So from their point of view, they, they, they want something they can feel excited about again. And we're hugely obligated now to get that absolutely right so that we don't have this situation again. And so it's there for generations and generations of time. And we need to build something from the ground up that absolutely gets it right from the outset. So the supporters are obviously a huge part of this, but it's not just the supporters, it's, it's the whole community that we want to you know, that we want to bring together. But yeah, supporters have, have, have been needing this to happen for some time. Obviously, just sort of, I guess, moving on to, to what's going to be happening next season. Um, on Tuesday night was the Thames Valley Premier League AGM. I think most of us, with a with a bit of knowledge of the game, kind of suspected that's where you would be be starting. Um, 
you must be happy to be in the Premier Division. Um, you, you don't have to win that division to get promoted. So you've already got the, the hard part is the ground. You're in that division. So I think the only bit you need to do to get promoted is a bit of admin now um, before Christmas. So you must be happy to, to, to be where you are and that's where you're starting. <laughs> well, I think you do need to do quite well in the division, Tom, to get promoted. Well, you do, it, it, yes, I think I think you do certainly need to finish. I think relatively high up, but you, 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 from my knowledge of the teams in that division now, there's nobody else that would be suitable for promotion. I, th I certainly think that. Uh, to, I guess going back to your original question, we, are we are we happy to be in that? Yes, we're absolutely we're, we're absolutely delighted to be in that league. And I started talking to those guys beginning of March about what we were trying to do. When you try and explain something that no one knows about and, try, and trying to put all this together, it's obviously a little bit hard to, to digest, but they, they listened and they were great to deal with. They've, you know, they've got five divisions. They're, they're a big organisation. You mentioned the meeting last, uh, or Tuesday night, last night, and, and there's a huge amount of passion from the clubs in, in those leagues, and it's extremely well run. And... It's a great place to start our football journey. It's lots of local teams, new places for us, meeting people from those clubs. And we're a new football club. Yeah. It's the best we could have hoped for. Step seven, automatic feeder league, well-run league. So, yeah, to answer your question, we're, we're, we're thrilled with it, really. We really are. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to you guys coming up to Burfield here, where where I live, and uh, and and showing you the sights of the village. I'm I'm excited for that one. Well, you've got a good side, and you've got you've got a couple of really good players in. Yeah. in so we're we're also we understand that it it's uh, a decent division, and, and there'll be some teams that we'll have really good games with. So yeah, we're we're um, like I say, we're working on that for some time. I'm really pleased we can announce that now. Um, let, my, let's, let, let's just talk about while we're talking about the club itself and, and going into next season. Do you, want to, do you want to tell me a little bit about who who is involved? Because I know there's a there's a few. It's not just yourself. You know, there's the the Windsor Youth, um, and obviously you've appointed a manager. We maybe talk about Matt uh, Matt in a little bit. But just do you want to tell me about sort of some of the other people involved behind the scenes? Yeah, of course. So there's um, I think we'll start with Paul Mitchell. So he's the the chairman of the youth section. And he's uh, someone that is doing a great job at Windsor Youth, has, has done for many, many years. Our relationship is, is extremely, extremely good. We're aligned on the vision of the club, and he's obviously a huge part of it and, and um, an extremely good guy. We've got Willie Calvert, who um, is on our acting board as well, he's got a lot of great experience in the town. There's um, he's owner of Windsor Meeting Brewery. I was about to say, I, I recognise yeah. that name. Yes, <laughs> and uh, extremely good at um, the business side of, of things as well. And there's Andrew Bryan, who's a friend of mine, who's involved with it. Um, who's uh, he's a uh, pilot for BA so he's got quite a lot of spare time and, and a really good guy for he's got his he's got really good links with other um, sporting clubs in the area done good jobs there um, and Jonathan Gregory as well who um, was a commercial director at Fulham and um, he's part of the acting board as well got some really good experience in, in that area and and there's other people as well there's, there's you know there's Malcolm Williams who's been a 
uh, big part of the club. There's Michael Gegg, there's um, David, the treasurer from the youth section, Craig, the secretary from the youth section. Um, so there's a number of people who are involved and, and we need more people to be involved. It's not about any one person, it's about everyone pulling together and, and making sure this club goes in the right direction with a really diverse board and a really diverse set of skills. Um, talking about sort of a, di a diverse board, diverse club, are there still plans for, a, for an adult women's side in the area, in the, within the club? Absolutely. So 2024-25, we will look to have a, a women's team. It's obviously uh, a part of the game which is increasingly um, growing and very, very exciting. You've only got to see the numbers that are playing now and the spectators at some of these, these games now. It's, it's, it's quite incredible to see the rise of the, of the women's game. And, and no different to, to the men's side. You know, we're really excited about having, having that side and, 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 um, and moving that forward and seeing where we can take it. So open to offers then? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's, it's another thing that we, we, we are, it's part of our, our grand plan and we want to engage with anyone who, who has an experience in, in that part of the game. Um, slightly less serious now. Um, one of the one of the big questions, of course, has been over the uh, over the shirt that, that your that your club will wear. Um, a, a lot of people, obviously, uh, not keen on the on the Union Jack kit. Um, and and I think that probably the, the questions about will you be wearing that come stem from the idea that that you are um, the same club, which is obviously not the case. So so the, I think the simple answer I can answer it for you is that no, you'll not be wearing a Union Jack shirt. But what can you tell us about uh, about that? Because obviously that's one of the things on your checklist that I've seen on social media that, that hasn't yet been answered. Yeah, you're right in what you're saying. We're obviously a brand new club. We're, we're not a we're not reformed Windsor and Eaton. We're not uh, anything to do with Windsor FC. We're a new club. So, you know, I, I understand and appreciate the question that people keep keep on asking. Uh, a lot of work has gone into the into the new kit. Not by me, as I'm colourblind, so I've, I've been kept away from it as far as, as far as possible. So, so red and green is actually no good for you, then. <laughs> it's not an ideal colour combination, but um, you know we are mindful. That we're, but we're equally very while we're a new club, we're equally very mindful of the colours of the club gone by. And what I would say is, we'd be we we very much hope the supporters are delighted with it when we release it. We think we're gonna. Give them two kits that they can be they can be proud of, but it's also we've got to be a little bit patient because we're also just finalising the main shirt sponsor, and we want to release the kit when that has been finalised and that's on the front of shirt, and we also want to do a kit launch with Matt and hopefully a few players that he's just signed. So. I very much understand that the next thing we've got to turn our attention to and release on, on socials is the kit, but we just need to be, be as patient as we can before we, before we get those two kits out there. But even though I'm colourblind, they look good to me. <laughs> so the, the, that polka dot number that you went for, that's looking good, yeah? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right, well, let, let's talk about Matt a little bit then. You, you said uh, you said in your press release that Matt, well, Matt Angel, um, who, who um, stepped down at Eversley in California just recently, you said he was the, the standout candidate for the role. Um, 
what what kind of what were you looking for in a in a manager? I mean, someone obviously starting a new club that that's you know he's starting with with nothing um, in terms of in terms of players. Um, so what, what were you looking for? And I guess the second part of that is what were your expectations of of him for this season ahead? I think what we I think we got what we were looking for in, in regard. You know, we had 22, 23 people apply for the role. Many of them very, very credible. We whittled it down to four people that we thought were strong contenders, and we wanted to interview those four. They all came across really, really well, all very different. And when we saw Matt and his assistant manager, Rob, they just seemed to tick the most boxes in terms of what we were looking for. They're passionate about the game. They've got modern attitude towards the game. They're experienced in, in football, with a lot of experience in football, know the level very well and have what we believe was the energy, positivity and mindset to take the club forward and be our first management appointments. And we want to be successful when we, hit, um, when we start in the Premier Division in terms of value. And, and I think when you look at the, any league, you need you need to be successful. You need players who are able to compete very well in the league above. Um, they'd also had really good relevant experience at Step 6 with Eversley in California. They've done a really good job there. They came, I think they came sixth in the division. And their knowledge of the local players and being able to assemble a team and a squad within the timescale that we gave them three weeks is is obviously a challenge but one we felt they could carry out competently so they just, and two smashing guys uh, everyone speaks very highly of them and we believe they're the right guys going to answer your other other part of the question what do we expect in the first season i think we expect to have a really competitive squad a squad with great energy and attitude uh, and that's that's I think the strengths that Matt and Rob will give and I think a winning style of football and to, to your point earlier on we, we want to come out of that division at the first opportunity at the first go we, we've created a new club and that has to start with positivity and um, start where everyone gets behind it and continues on an upward trajectory which we believe they can do. It's, it's. Uh, I think there's three or four, four competitions, including the league, and it would just be wonderful if we could be successful in our first season on a few fronts. And we'll work tirelessly with Matt and Rob to 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 give him all the all the tools that he needs to be able to, to be able to achieve that. It's uh, knowing Matt. He's um, he he's, he did uh, as you say. He did a, he did a really excellent job at Eversley. He he took that team from sort of the bottom of the league to to the playoffs in over over a couple of seasons. You know, he built something really. He built a really strong, solid team there. So, uh, you know, I, I I can't see him doing any different with you guys. Absolutely agree. He's 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 willing to learn, and he's um, always you know always always learning as he, as he tells me, and he's. He's got a great thirst for it, so I've no doubt he'll, he'll be successful. 
Um, let's talk about something non-winter, but a few people had asked for this question to, to be answered. I know you and I have spoken about this previously, but but we didn't want to, you, there were there were some bits and pieces you needed to tick off before you could kind of really talk about some of this stuff. But um, one of the questions was, what is happening to Virginia Water with regards to their time at Stag Meadow? Virginia Water will play in Stag Meadow for the 23-24 season. They have a long-term commitment at, at Steg Meadow that was uh, previously in place, and, and we would, of course, honour that. I think that Virginia Water, an extremely well-run club, carries a good. I consider him to be a good friend of mine and a good one of the good guys. And yeah, no question, they'll be playing at Steg Meadow for the 23-24 season. Um, that's good news. Um, it's going to be. It must be. It might well be a bit. I'm not sure. There's many many clubs that have their their tenants that play at a higher level than, <laughs> than, than the than the landlords. But you know, they the, the way that they have pulled that together, especially last season. I, I feel like they were they quietly went about finishing quite high up a, a tough division, and that's something to to kind of learn from, I guess. Yeah, extremely well run club. Like I say, they've, they've got two guys that head that up that do a great job. And like you say, they really performed well last season. They, they've, I think they've just carried on building on their squad that they've had for some years. What you'll find at, at the club is, um, you know, a great atmosphere throughout it, and one that's built on a lot of homegrown local blokes that uh, people really buy into. So no, sort of a fantastic season. Wouldn't surprise me if they go better this season. I said, I'll keep an eye out for that one. That's uh, that sounds like a, that sounds like a good prediction to me. So, um, okay, talking about talking about the ground then. Um, we know obviously you're looking to install an artificial pitch in in a year or so's time. Um, what but what are what are your plans to develop Stag Meadow? Um, what what will the lease allow? I think first of all, you're right in, in terms of our priority being the three G pitch in twelve months' time. That that's. There's a process for that, and it's um, as a funding process. There's there's a lot of things that we have to assure we align with the funders on on that. But of course, we want to make sure that that does happen as soon as we can, so that we can um, make the facility one that's that's used obviously uh, a lot more than it is currently. In regards to the lease, I think it's, first it's important to say that the crown have not just been not only been brilliant to deal with they're you know they're incredibly supportive they all the way through the talks we had you know fundamentally we have they have a lot of a lot, they own a lot of land and, and stag meadow in the great park is in windsor and and they they want to they want a facility that they can be proud of as well as we do and paul mitchell and i had the the great privilege of meeting King Charles last week and even having a having a conversation with him about the, the, the project that we're that we're doing at Stag Meadow. And the Crown are incredibly supportive. And as long as we involve them in, in our plans, then we'll be able to create a facility that is that is fit for purpose and gives everyone what they're looking for in, 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 the, in the long term. So I think there's a couple of things here. We obviously want to get Stag Meadow to a position where it's um, it's fit for here and now, but 
with the immediate focus on 3G pitch. But over the next 12 and 18 months, we've got to develop a grand plan too. And developing a grand plan will be a stag meadow that looks different to what it is now. It will have facilities that go over and above what it is now. And the Crown are interested in, our, in, in developing that with us in terms of what it looks like, the feel of it, the sustainability. Obviously, that's a, that's a, uh, a big topic of um, the Crown right now is sustainability and how that looks. So this is about making a, a place that is can cope and can provide a community facility that everyone uses every day of the year. It, it certainly sounds like the way that, that football clubs should be should be going in, and obviously there's a, there's plenty of planning and, and work in that respect to do. Um, I suppose the, the probably probably the the elephant in the room that we've not really spoken about is is Windsor FC, and I and I wanted to ask really what what kind of relationship you would have with that with with Windsor FC going forward. Do, do what what kind of relationship do you want to have? What's your aim there? This isn't, for me, really about two different football clubs. It's more about the people in the community. And it's about engaging with everyone in the town and the community. Windsor FC are obviously a separate club in the community. And of course, we want to engage with, with all, all local business and clubs and everyone else. So it's not that we have immediate... We, we haven't decided that there are a club we won't speak to or liaise with. We want to open up relationships with, with everyone and, and no one's off that list. You know, that would be not part, that wouldn't align with our values if we were to do something like that. Um, one question, one, one interesting question. I know I sent you a, I sent you a list of questions last night, but I got a late, a late one that someone sent me and um, it was just around the name Windsor and Eton. What's the process of being able to use the name Windsor and Eton? Because there was obviously a previous club that was called Windsor and Eton, and I don't know how that works in in FA structures and stuff like that. Is because, of course, like in the acting world, you can't have the same name as another actor. So, so how does how does that work? How are you able to to call your club now Windsor and Eton? I had a conversation with the FA about a year ago, and the topic was Windsor and Eton Football Club, and could we use the name if we were going to start a new club? And they went away and did their due diligence and their checks and how that works from a legal perspective. And given that uh, the length of time it had been dormant, for want of a better word, and they came back with a set of parameters where we could use the name. And, and I guess one of those was that we couldn't say that we were reformed. We couldn't go back to the to the honours list that Windsor and Eton mm -hmm. uh, held previously and as long as our as long as our narrative which is we are a new club we're not anything to do with the old club sufficient time has passed where we are able to use the name that's good no I think that I think that very much answers the answers the question there um 
what would the the kind of the, the last thing I guess then was and, and I think perhaps we've we've covered this anyway but obviously you yourself have have been around football a long time on and off the pitch um you've you've seen a lot of other clubs who who you take I guess who are you taking inspiration from um but but more importantly what 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 is Windsor and Eaton Football Club going to be going forward what what is what is that kind of if you could distill it into I guess let, let's say a uh, let's say some sort of um motto or, or brand or something like that what what is it what is windsor and eaton football club going to be i guess to try and summarize what you've asked me is is and probably some, some understanding as well of course so so it's really important important that it's it's seen as one football club we've bought essentially um myself as a 50 percent owner and the youth section or a 50 percent owner of, of the of the club we're a non-for-profit organisation. We're a community infrastructure company, and which means obviously the prof profits proceeds will go back into the club, and to and that will develop the facility, and that will develop the first team senior section as well. Paul Mitchell, who we discussed as the chair of the youth section, and and I have got we're very aligned on what the club looks like. There is no youth and senior it's not separate two two separate entities it's one club so when we make decisions it's for the good of all it's and, and that includes the female section and if we can try and have uh, disability section and event section we will too so there are two parts to this i guess one is a football front one is and, and the second is a community aspect on the football front we are our ambition is to get to step two and then once we get there We'll, we'll reassess and see and, and, and reevaluate. We're under absolutely no illusions how difficult getting from step seven to step two will be. The money in the game has gone up exponentially. There are budgets in step six, which I never thought I'd see. And step five is another world. And then, and then from four upwards, that's obviously again, a bit of a game changer as well. We're ambitious. We part of our our grand plan is step two football. So that's just, that's from a football point of view. And from a football point of view, we also want to focus on the youth and what that looks like and how we want to um, build that into the into the um, constitution, if you like, as well. Plus the women's in the, and the and all the other all the other parts of the game. So that's a football point of view. From a facility point of view, and going back to Part of the things I enjoyed as a manager and what the supporters enjoyed, part of the attraction for me and part of my most enjoyable part of being a manager at the football club was that on a Saturday you would see and meet people and catch up with friends, family, and and the football. Some people took it really, really seriously, and some people it was a byproduct of being there and being and having a catch up with everyone as a meeting point, a hub. And we want to create a community hub so that. We create an academy in the day. We have football there, like I said before, 364 days a year, where it's used in the day, used in the evening. So we've got under nines training on the pitch on a Monday night, and the parents aren't dropping and going. They're staying in the facility. They, if they're a drinker, they'll have a beer. If they're a non-drinker, they'll have a, a coffee in, a, in, in a, hopefully our cafe. So it's really about engaging with everyone in the community it's about engaging with local clubs, local schools, 
local businesses so that we can bring everybody together. So from a football point of view, we want to be successful, but from a community point of view, we want to provide a first-class facility where everyone can come, enjoy it, be part of it, meet people, see friends, and really that is the long-term vision to provide a facility where everyone can can uh, really enjoy it and, and um, be community-minded at the same time. I, I mean that sounds that sounds good to me, and I, and I hope that, that the the future of the club is is one that, that and you're able to fulfil fulfil this. I think that's I think that's incredibly important, especially for for that for that community as well. And um, one very final question. It's a mildly silly one. It's just a bugbear of mine because I keep currently having to write the club or the side after writing Windsor and Ean. Does the team have a nickname? <laughs> um, that's a really good question, one I hadn't thought of. <laughs> If you could get back to me uh, at some I think, point. Uh, I think uh, we'll put that out to a few people and see what, uh, and maybe our social media can uh, can, can ask some questions and tackle that on, on, as a separate note. Just from a writer's point of view, it's really useful to know that. So Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Mark Cooper, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for asking, uh, for answering the answering my questions um, and, and good luck to the season. Good luck for the season. I will see you in Burfield. Look forward to it, Tom. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Mike. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye. Now. Bye. This episode of Archive Football Stories was hosted by Tom Canning and featured special guest Mark Cooper. It was produced by Tom Canning. Our theme music is called Space Camp and is from the album Everyday Adventures by Reading, Ukulele and Rocket Kings. You can find on Spotify and Google Music Outlets. Find Football and Archive on Twitter, Facebook and footballandarchive.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running the sales academy, digital skills boot camps and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk. Football in Berkshire's podcast is sponsored by TicketPass. TicketPass provides an ethical alternative to a ticketing industry that often profits from greed. Our platform is an all-in-one solution for creating events, buying and selling tickets, live streaming and keeping events in a safe space. To find out more, to buy tickets, to sign up to the service, head to ticketpass.org. Berkshire Football Stories is sponsored by the Curious Academy, skills hub running the sales academy, digital skills boot camps and data analytics training in Reading. To find out more, 
head to thecuriousacademy.co.uk.